Hello and welcome to the Chiropractic Student Podcast. My name is Lewis and we're here to talk about all the things you need to know before graduating chiropractic school. We're going to talk to experienced chiropractors and we're going to be discussing the science, philosophy and art of chiropractic. We're going to get tips and hints on how to get through chiropractic school with a deeper understanding of what chiropractic is and truly can be. Welcome back to another episode of the Chiropractic Student Podcast. Today we have Stu Bittman joining us. Thank you so much, Stu, for coming on today. My pleasure and my honor. Thank you, Lewis. So amazing. For all you do. Thank you. Um, I've obviously been listening to Stu on this, and I've heard you talk on like the UCA stuff um, and like all over like video clips and stuff. So it's really cool to have someone on who's been in the chiropractic world for such a long time. Where did it all begin, um, sort of, how you got into chiropractic, where did you study, and sort of what you're doing now? Gotta warn you, you know, <laughs> it's been a 40-something year journey, so I'll try to I'm looking just give, you the, give you the highlights, because <laughs> we could be here all day. Um, I went to what was then called LACC, Los Angeles College of Chiropractic, it's it has changed the name. They've taken chiropractic out of the name, which is probably pretty honest and appropriate since uh, as far as philosophy goes, there was not a lot of chiropractic there to begin with. <laughs> but anyway, I don't want to be too judgmental right off the bat. Um, I graduated as the valedictorian. I had like perfect scores on my national boards and I'm not bragging. I'm just laying the groundwork for all the work I had to do to kind of unlearn things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So I, I pretty much did what I was taught, which was very mechanistic, very medical, um, using what they called manipulation as another therapeutic agent for, especially for back pain and stuff and everything else we were pretty much taught how to refer out. (laughs) Um, so I did that for a few years and struggled mightily. So very few people, um, even though I had learned things obviously very well as the valedictorian, I, I did not find a lot of fulfillment. I didn't, I, I felt, even though I didn't know what I was missing, I felt there was something big missing. Um, I don't know if that's clear or not, but uh, yeah. I was to find out what was missing when somebody talked me into going to a Parker seminar, which was a huge seminar at the time. In fact, the first Parker seminar that I went to, I think in 1989, because I graduated in 1986, and I know a lot of you weren't born yet, and I don't want to hear about it, um, <laughs> um, was, I think, the 50th anniversary Parker seminar. There were like 8,800 people at this seminar. So I was blown away by the energy, by the uh, sheer immensity of, of chiropractic that I had never experienced before. But I didn't really, you know, Parker offered pretty much everything, offered uh, very mechanistic stuff, very vitalistic stuff. It was, it was, it was very cool, actually, in retrospect, that he had everybody kind of under one tent and there wasn't a lot of judgment. I don't see too many seminars like that around anymore. So, so it was through going to, and actually, I didn't really learn all that much at the first Parker seminar, other than confirming kind of what I already knew and believed because that's the classes I went to (laughs) and uh, about a year after even though I I had a good year I mean I actually had a good couple of weeks after the seminar I was super excited I better speed this up 
we will be here all day. Uh, my associate talked me into going back a year later, and this time I kind of explored a little more, and um, and I wandered into a room uh, with a guy who was making everybody laugh. It was very boisterous, so I, uh, so and that happened to be Jim Sigafus. Mm-hmm. And about halfway through, though, he started talking about chiropractic and about how uh, the, the line that got me was something about how we use physical therapy and chiropractic just because we don't have faith in the principle and we need to justify our fees. And I had just like leased this beautiful ultrasound and high voltage galvanic thing that I thought was the secret of life and the secret of health. So I got upset as did a lot of people apparently because many people walked out of the room and my early days of seeing Sigafoos, especially at things like <clears throat> Parker, a lot of people walked out of the room <laughs> and um, let's see some reason I kept going back to Parker and I heard a talk by somebody named Dean Black who used to teach at Parker College at Parker seminars and it was essentially the first talk I'd ever heard on quantum physics and how it confirmed the early hypotheses as he put it of chiropractic in other words what DD and and BJ were talking about and and something happened during his talk that it's hard to explain but it was like this hole in my chest this thing that had been missing was suddenly revealed to me not exactly what it was but what was revealed to me that this that the basis of my belief system essentially being science my whole life was not necessarily a great basis for a belief system that it changed all the time and here i was hearing new science from all the science i'd heard before and it it resonated with me and so it created this big hole and i wandered back into sigafus's room and this time i listened and some other uh, philosophical type speakers I listened to. And that was like 1991 or something. And then that launched me into reading everything I could about, I read Fred Barge's books. I read all the philosophical books. I even attempted to read the green books where BJ would start a sentence on page one and not finish it until like page 32. It's a bit difficult to read, but, but I, I muddled through and I, went to everything reggie gold used to do um, continuing ed seminars actually in lake tahoe where i live once a year so i saw him and i started attending everything sigafus did he became my hero and my mentor i started going to something called the gathering which was his smaller uh, workshoppy type thing for personal development and to learn how to communicate chiropractic in the way that i had uh or, or consistent with the principle of chiropractic that I was becoming uh, in love with and how discovering and embracing. In, how many years into practice were you when you started going to these things? Well, the first one was like three years into practice where I didn't really get much of anything. It was probably four years in where I heard the word and started to run with it. And I think it was about six years in that I started going to these personal development workshops with Sigafus and I developed a mission and I started adjusting more children and I had more of an intention and a why behind what I was doing and so things started to change for the better and then I guess it was around uh, 10 or 11 years in practice I heard about the uh, chiropractic missions that were starting up in Panama Mm-hmm. And I went on the first four missions over the next three years. And that was really a huge thing for me. That was where I 
I learned so much. I mean, I saw, I had evidence, physical evidence, <laughs> dramatic evidence of everything that I was hoping to believe. Uh, the value of just loving, giving, and serving, and the value of being present, uh, things that I'll probably talk about again as far as tools and resources. But um, it was amazing. We adjusted 40-something thousand people in five days. The first time we went, there was only 18 of us. We went back eight months later or something. We, with 96 chiropractors, adjusted something like 220,000 people in Panama. And this was, you know, the people were signing in. We had a lot of volunteers. This is not like guessing on numbers. This is not like chiropractic numbers. This is, these were, these were, and they, and they were much more because every time we would try to leave, a busload of people would stop by. So we would sit them down on a concrete slab or something. And, and we were adjusting just kind of upper cervical only especially after the first adjustment and watching people getting up out of wheelchairs and and hearing about little girls who were getting their hearing restored that happened on the first mission like the first day of the first mission so again i could talk about panama for weeks for the third time we went in 1998 i believe in may it's probably about the anniversary of that mission 147 chiropractors we're in like every town in panama with 5,000, 10,000 people or more and we adjusted 385,000 people this is in a country of 2 million people and so and, and to feel the entire vibrational energy of a country change and everywhere we went in panama people would obviously we weren't not tons of white people walking around but but they would immediately know who we were and and people would make comments like oh you're the ones who are making all of panama smile and beautiful things beautiful things and so i came back from the fourth mission i believe i don't know maybe no 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 i came back from the second mission and did away with my fees and started doing the box on the wall that I had heard Reggie Gold talk about years before because I felt I was finally ready to really live that idea of giving for the sake of giving and allowing the universe to to take care of me, which it did. I did the box for 12 years until I retired from practice in 2000. Well, I sold my practice 2008 and was still working in the practice like one day a week until 2009 so and since then i've been speaking and coaching chiropractors and i took a little diversion from chiropractic for a while and actually got involved in ministry in a what's called a new thought spiritual center that has pretty much the same exact principles as chiropractic so it was an easy transition for me i thought it would be nice to preach to the choir for a while and not have to you know convince people which i want to talk about we'd never have to convince people um but one of the things i want to say right away before i conclude this section <laughs> is um that in our ministry even though people embraced the principles that i was uh, advocating for years in chiropractic we never saw the changes in people's lives that we saw in our chiropractic practice. So I just want to make sure I, I mentioned that the adjustment <laughs> is a very important part of what we do. I, I, I really felt like getting into ministry was going to help people like, like more address the cause of subluxation. Cause I really believe mm-hmm. it tends to start in consciousness, but um, 
hearing the word for people was not quite enough. I think I think we need the physical bridge, the adjustment, the uh, the expression of love, or however you look at it, to actually mm -hmm. um, create a bridge for people in their lives to to help them go from where they are to where they want to go. So uh, that's uh, that's definitely a highlight film of the quite, journey. Quite a journey, and yeah. the experience of people you've seen and spoke to and had mentored. Like they're all people that, unfortunately, our generation will never get to meet and um, like hear talk like in person. And um, it's interesting because I don't know if you you probably know it, but you're that person for me so your Jim Sigafoos is like I would look at Stu Pittman for that kind of thing and um, that's why I was so eager to get you on the show because oh, I think a lot of people look up to you um, and there's a few names who are really living that essence of chiropractic very principled mm. and it's very almost just the fundamentals like stripping it back to just offering chiropractic and like you say if people want it they will come um, when you say that and you you mentioned um not having to convince people into to have chiropractic what did you mean like what was what was your takeaway from that experience i i think there's a big difference uh, between convincing uh, slash selling slash whatever uh manipulating people through fear or whatever then then as opposed to sharing something that you own like if you if you embrace the simplicity of chiropractic and you just share it with certainty and with presence there is no convincing required it's like it's like to have an expectation that people are going to want it is a beautiful thing because they do i mean obviously not everybody or not everybody's ready I could tell you so many stories about people who weren't ready at first, but came back, you know, a year later, two years later, and, you know, they were trying to teach me chiropractic philosophy. And I would always have to, you know, smile and not say, well, this is exactly what I told you two years ago, because, because I understand that because I was that person. I, I walked out on Sigafoods, you know, so I, so it really helped me have compassion for the fact that not everybody's ready, but the simplicity and the beautiful truth of what we have to offer, you know, reaches most people eventually. Or, or um, so, yeah, to me, it's more like sitting down with somebody and sharing the good news and, and sharing it in a way that, you know, and if they say no, it's like, well, you know, if, if, if I recommend a restaurant to somebody and they're like, well, you know, I don't like Thai food, I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It's like, it's, it, you know, it's like next. And yeah. I'm just going to share it with somebody else. So, so, and in my experience, especially the last 12 years after I did the box, I had a, I had a requirement to come to a pre-care mandatory uh, talk, which was very long in those days. And because I apparently still needed to convince myself a little bit, but there was no real convincing. It was just sharing the principle of chiropractic and I, I you know, 95% of people, heard that talk and started care and we asked them to 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 uh, commit to at least four months of care so you know that's where i learned <laughs> that we don't have to convince very much we, we don't have to water it down we don't have to dilute it we, we don't have to necessarily um weaken our stance and hope to convert people later on um 
that's my experience. I know that probably goes against some conventional practice management wisdom, but. Well, I was going to ask then, so that how you learned that clarity and not having to convince people, but just being certain and present. How did you get to that certainty and presence? Like, was it through doing or did you like, was there any resources or people that really helped you or practices that helped you get there? What was that journey like? The journey was, in a nutshell, was to embrace and, and embody the why of chiropractic. I think if, if, and even as students, I think if you get really clear on your why or your biggest version of why at this point, your, your biggest or your highest vision for everybody that you're going to lay your hands on, what's, what's your greatest hope? What's, what's, you know, what would you like to see happen in their life? So to get grounded in that why, um, first of all, changes everything because it, it doesn't limit <laughs> what's possible. I think if we go in uh, with the highest vision of low back pain feeling better, that's, you know, and we'll be doing a great service to mankind. I'm not, not necessarily saying that's wrong or bad. It's just limiting. It's just limiting what can happen. Um, so probably a better answer to your question is I worked on myself and, and because once I embraced the beautiful, again, simplicity and truth of the chiropractic principle, the only obstacle was me, you know, like my getting over my fears of sharing that, getting over my, my doubts about whether people will get it or not, which is, by the way, an expression that I absolutely detest in chiropractic when we say people don't get it and that's why they left. First of all, it may not even be true. And second of all, the chances are the person who really hasn't gotten it is the chiropractor. Because what I discovered is the more I got it, uh, the more everybody got it. Even I had, I had about, I think it was eight people with me on my last day of practice that started with me in my first year of practice. When, I, when my style of chiropractic was completely unrecognizable from where I ended up. I mean, these people started with half hour visits with multiple therapies. And they ended up with minute and a half adjustments, you know, pretty much upper cervical only. So you might say, well, that's impossible. I'd say, you know, it would have been more than eight or nine, but I happen to live in a town where 40% of the population leaves every year. It's a very touristy town. So a lot of people, you know, the, the attrition was for other reasons. But yes, I went to the Sigafoos gatherings. So if there's anything like that anymore, besides my own workshops, which I guess I, it's okay to plug. Yes, please. where where you can where you can learn how to get strong in a, in a safe place of like minded people and learn how to communicate and learn how to overcome your fears. And, and unfortunately, like learn how to forgive people, especially yourself, you know, I so I may have to delve into the California land of woo woo here a little bit. But to me, it's not to me, it's, you know, these are the things that hold us back especially those of us who, who embrace the vitalistic idea. Um, we so need what, to get ourselves out of the way, so to speak. <laughs> get out of the way of like, so that other people can understand? Or? Well, to get out of the way with our agendas that, and our attachments to things that don't matter. This, so, so I have to say that the Panama missions were a huge part of this for me because I didn't have to convince anybody, and it's a good thing because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> you know, so, so so convincing would have been very difficult so that but there was something incredibly powerful about our intention 
And, and you know, you might say, well, people were getting free adjustments. That's why they came. But healthcare is free in in Panama. So they, you know, and I, I and I, we jokingly would even at, at at night after an incredible day of addressing thousands of people, we would sit around and kind of wonder why this happens here and it doesn't happen where we live. And you know, and and we we assumed it wasn't somebody like going back to their town and said, "Well, they're cracking necks. You got to go." You know, I don't think that would have done it, yeah. <laughs> but something was being transmitted through our intention, through our love, through our hands, through our eyes. Again, that required no convincing or no even speaking. And That's and the next day you would see that person you adjusted with, you know, 50 people trailing behind them. Uh, they were saying something I wish I knew, but, <laughs> but, and we also kind of learned or I learned because, you know, people went to Panama and came back and they were kind of maybe even worse off than they were because their, their attitude was, well, it could never be like that in my office because people speak English for whatever they speak or, or people are blah, 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 or they'll, you know, they're more worldly. They, they may sue you. They, blah, blah, you know, so I, I realized that was all, excuse me, in German, we'd say bull schmutz. <laughs> what was different in Panama was us. What was different was our freedom, our lack of attachment, our lack of fear, our certainty, our presence, our, our love. So is, that, so, is that where it's called, it's, it's chiropractic from the heart, isn't it? Your, is that your, yes. yeah. yeah. So it, is that why, is that what like it's based on like a lot of your experience from Panama and then the Sigafuse gatherings as well? Like, is that where you've built this from? That's where it started. That was the beginning of my, I guess you could say my spiritual journey in chiropractic. Um, and yes, you know, the SIG passed on 10 years ago almost. And, uh, and there are a few things uh, close to the gathering, but I felt it was important to carry on that legacy, not the, the name, etc. But uh, that similar work, I, I tend to focus more on the heart. I mean, I think what he was teaching and doing was all based on the heart. We just didn't use that terminology and stuff. It was, but it was definitely about getting out of our heads, where where it tends, where our fears and our doubts and our uncertainties and our whatever's tend to live, our attachments. And, and you know what I mean by attachments. I mean, in Panama, we, we couldn't attach to outcome. We couldn't attach to personality. We couldn't attach to whether we're being paid or how much we were being paid. We, in, in my opinion, we could not attach to a lot of things that don't really matter anyway. And the only thing we could attach to was the intention, the, the love, the, the, the knowing that one adjustment first of all, is far better than none. And that one adjustment can be a miracle. And, and every adjustment can be a miracle. In fact, that's one of my old sayings. Every adjustment is a miracle in progress. It is because that person, if that adjustment is delivered with love and certainty and presence, in other words, what I learned in Panama about presence was even though it was hot and noisy and there were children grabbing at my pant legs and and you know just mayhem i never had the experience before of just the actual knowing that this was the only person in the entire universe that existed in this moment 
And I figured if I could do that in, in these conditions, I could certainly do it where it's quiet and there's nice music playing in my office and stuff. I just have to let go of the other. I have to, I have to get over the other stuff that I always thought was so important that I found out was not nearly as important as I thought. Those attachments to outcome and to results, to money, to whether people like me or not. And that was a, that was a big one for me because, you know, I always enjoyed people liking me, yeah. but but it was not the most important factor, you know, and people continue to like me. And is that, I... is that like the essence of the course is like finding that out about yourself and finding that journey? At the essence of my course is yes, is, is knowing how to access our heart for its wisdom, for its courage, for its, you know, because I don't think our heart knows anything about doubt or attachment or fear or um, that's a head job. So yes. And, and knowing how to access our heart for our own energy, because that's another issue in chiropractic is, you know, I hear about people who have been, been in practice for two years who were burnt out and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm not sure if you're as Sigafoos would say, I don't know if you're born, you're burnt out or you're bored, you know, <laughs> um to to maintain energy is a big thing to 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 resonate at a higher frequency and then the, or at least at the same frequency as the people who come in is a big thing in fact i think that's one of the reasons people leave not that they didn't get it as i'll throw this in i think that's the two main reasons people leave is, is they don't need you anymore because they're they're vibrating at a higher frequency than you are or they just don't feel special or loved or that they matter in your practice anymore. That's, that's, that's probably number one reason, I think. Yeah. Yes. Completely. And I mean, I've, I've been writing down so much stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you see me like dipping over to the side. It's no, I love it. <laughs> um, like this podcast is very selfishly, mainly for me, but I <laughs> like to share it. Um, one thing I want to touch upon then you said about like you read a lot of books and you obviously you've you've touched upon really cool resources already I like to ask if there were like three books that you would recommend people read they can be chiropractic they can be any book that you thought really helped you grow as a person or as a chiropractor or, or in life what would those three books be mm. and then just a little bit about like why what, what did you get from each I'll probably just give you the three that come to me first but there have been so many but I, I mentioned dean black and i do not know if you can even find his stuff anymore but if you can dean dean black yeah. phd and I, he's he wrote about three or four books um yeah. cross currents was one of them they they were all about what he called contextual healing that was his thing that was how he embraced the new science and and used it to it, it was kind of the he was kind of a mellow slow talking bruce lipton i don't okay. know if you've ever seen bruce lipton but yeah, yeah, yeah. he took that approach and that and so if you are on if you've been like in a scientific mindset and i'm not again i'm not judging that at all that was that was my entry into the philosophy was somebody speaking to my scientific mind so that's what that that's why Dean Black was a big uh, influence on me. He explained 
essentially chiropractic philosophy from a scientific point of view, which was what I needed to hear at that point. So that's, so his stuff was big for me. Um, hopefully you can still find it. And by the way, if you do find it, let me know, because I would love to get my, my hands on those books again, because yeah, I've lent out all my good books and you know what happens then. Um, <laughs> we'll try. Uh, definitely Fred Barge. Uh, maybe Life Without Fear is the one that's stuck in my mind. Because again, once I accepted it through my scientific mind, his work was probably the most um, BJ-like and still be readable. <laughs> so uh, um, read, yeah. he was very erudite and, and a good writer. And so I appreciated that. And um yeah, any of his books I think would be good, especially if you're looking to transition. Uh any of Joe Strauss's books, if you if you again want to learn more about the philosophy itself. Uh I I, I learned all that more through Reggie Gold tapes than I did through reading books. Mm -hmm. Um, but <laughs> Reggie Gold cassette tapes. So yeah. I think I've listened. I, I'm to sure. Them. I'm sure they've been digitalized. Yeah, but, undigitalized. Yeah, <laughs> they're still kind of hard to find. To be fair, like there's certain few people who have just got like these libraries of all of these audio files. So um, I think I have. A then I just and I, if I'm allowed to mention four, so then you know, in the personal development realm, people like Wayne Dyer, but also Deepak Chopra. Oh, yeah. His early books were big for me because, again, to, to hear, <laughs> I still quote a lot of stuff from his books in my chiropractic talks. And I always, you know, mention a sideline, you know, this is from Deepak Chopra, so you know you can believe it. It's like, it was like it lent credibility or something, even though I know he's not maybe <laughs> accepted totally in the medical profession. But to me, it was, it was here's a medical doctor again, spouting the same thing. So, and I also use that as an example for people like, here's, he, I mean, I don't know how many millions of dollars he's made from writing his books, but, and, and Wayne Dyer as well. And all these people who to me are, are writing about chiropractic. They're, they are, they are essentially the ideas are chiropractic and yet they don't have a tool. They don't offer a tool that can actually bring what they're talking about to life for people like we do. And I'm just saying this because it really helped me overcome my fear to even share chiropractic, you know, being how, am I, why am I afraid to, to share the good news of chiropractic when these guys are talking chiropractic and writing chiropractic and making millions of dollars mm -hmm. and half the books on the bestseller list or, you know, are these guys work. So uh, I don't know if you, if you reading the books helped me as much as knowing mm -hmm. that these books existed, um, but they all were helpful too for sure so um 100 like like you say and even doing your speaking stuff now like you do a lot of talks and you put out a lot of content and you give back to the community now like paving that way for others like it's very selfless hmm. it's it's going such a long way you have no idea how what is what's oh. the saying you have no idea how far reaching. Yeah, you never know you how far reaching yes yeah something you say do or it's not great english but it's a great yeah. quote exactly. um <laughs> but it's true. well thank you can i can i just play on that for a second and i know 
I, I can talk. I can talk a lot. But you you mentioned the word selfless, and I am glad you did because a big part of my and I mentioned this under energy, selfless isn't enough, folks. If selfless leads to resentment, depletion. Selfless works until somebody says no. <laughs> selfless works until you're rejected. So I prefer self-full. Okay. And, and, and the difference to me is I include myself in the equation. In fact, I put myself kind of first in the equation. In other words, I need to fill myself up first. And I need to find ways to continue to fill myself up. That's where the heart work comes in. That's where going to Cairo, Europe and stuff like that comes in, finding a tribe, getting support, learning how to do self-care, learning, yeah, learning to keep your emotional, physical, and mental gas tank full so you can give and give and give and give and not get burnt out, not get depleted, not get yeah, burnt out after two years because somebody said no, you know? Yeah. So, to, so yeah. thank you. That's a big one for me. And that's, uh, again, part of what I teach and what I learned from Sigafoos. You can't, you cannot serve, but you can, but you can't really serve with uh, fullness until you filled yourself up first, filled yourself up with the principle filled yourself up with the energy required so day after day you can show up and give and be present yeah you can't really do that from a selfless place <clears throat> you definitely can't like um my uh, boss always says be the best you for me and i'll be the best me for you um and that's pretty much what you just said like Fill yourself up. Yeah, that was a much quicker way of saying it, too. <laughs> you can have that. Um, cool. Um, one really cool question I like to ask, like, more towards the end, just start wrapping things up. Um, if you could tell a student or a recent grad, like, one thing, one bit of advice, what would you say to them? Just a bog standard, well, I don't think any chiropractor is bog standard, but just you, you're one of the mill chiropractors student just graduated or just starting school. What would you say to that person? Align with the why. Embrace the why. Embody the why. And, and not to say that the how being the adjusting is, is obviously not a uh, how do I put this grammatically? I'm not saying the adjustment or mastering a technique is, is not important. I'm, I'm saying that most chiropractors I know once they're in it for a while have changed techniques, tweaked techniques. Don't, don't identify yourself if possible with your technique. It's, it's a great way to, to like become part of a tribe. It's a great thing to master technique, but what you do is bigger than your technique. Um, and who you are is bigger than your technique. Your technique is just your dance, just, just your vehicle. And you need to master it. You need to have confidence in it. But th the why is the thing. As BJ said, sell the sizzle, not the steak. Um, he had quick ways of saying things. So that would be probably the, the main thing. Embody your why. There you go. We've got the, we've got the title for the podcast there, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, just going forward like how can people find more out like about the work that you do if people want to be coached or mentored by you or come onto the courses um is there a way to contact you and pick your brains or is there a way to um join that join that gang kind of thing how do people do it certainly you could 
contact me and we can definitely throw things around. So um, Stu Bittman on Facebook, yeah. Facebook Master Works, or, or uh, you know, I, I don't know if you can provide links for emails yeah. and stuff. I, um, we can certainly do that. Um, I do have the podcast, Stu on this. If you're looking yeah. for it, you have to put the dashes in, Stu dash on stash dash this. Yeah. Um, I will be returning to Europe to do my workshops and planning a couple in the fall. Yay. Uh, thank you world for cooperating with that. Are they going to uh, be we, done in Kent? In the, are you coming to the UK? I am going to do one. It looks like it's going to be up in Edinburgh. Oh, okay, cool. Probably October 14th. So the weekend after Cairo Europe. And then the weekend after that, I think we're going to be near Zurich switzerland but there'll be more revealed um i have a i have a chiropractic or excuse me a facebook group called chiropractic from the heart that you can ask to be invited to it's generally for people who have been to one of my workshops but uh, i make exceptions um i have a thursday excuse me every thursday zoom gathering that we've been doing ever since covid started it's still a very small loyal tribe that joins those it's it's 8 30 uk time in the evening uh let me know i could send you a link to that it's 25 minutes every week where i speak for about 10 and then my wife does a leads a guided meditation to kind of help bring the message whatever i said into a little deeper into people's being so that's a cool thing to join into and uh yeah yeah i think that's a a nutshell that's amazing version i like i really appreciate all the knowledge and wisdom that you've like been able to give and resources and help for the students it really goes a long way and it's like it really supports us as new grads and students as well like to have someone like yourself give back is so powerful so thank you so much for everything you've done that you're still doing and for coming on the show i really really appreciate it um so yeah thank you so much my pleasure it was a lot of fun thank you i know there's a lot more i could say but you know that's that that's another good thing leave people wanting more Hello, a quick special announcement to say that we are working alongside a blockchain expert and a designer to work on a NFT project. It's available online. You can go on OpenSea.io, join the community on Discord and check out our Instagram and Twitter. It's 206 Bones NFT. It's a collectible series of trading cards and it's all 206 bones of the body. Um, For more information, have a look in the description below.